Welcome to Grace Notes. Today, Barbara Sandbeck begins a two-part series entitled, The Battle is Not Yours, It's the Lord's. We'll see how God used adversity to call His people back to Himself, and how He grew their faith as they committed themselves to do His will. It is our prayer that through this series, you'll be equipped to better handle the battles in your life. Two frogs fell into a deep cream bowl. One was a very optimistic soul. The other took the gloomy view. I shall drown, he cried, and so will you. So with one last despairing cry, he closed his eyes and waved goodbye. But the other frog, with a merry grin, said, I can't get out, but I won't give in. I'll swim around till my strength is spent, and having tried, I'll die content. So bravely he swam until it would seem his struggles began to churn the cream. On top of the butter, he finally stopped, and out of the bowl, he happily hopped. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I can't keep my head above water. How about you? We've all faced tough situations, but you know, how we view them can truly affect the outcome. It's all a matter of perspective, isn't it? We need to give it all we've got. The saying goes, the right angle to approach a difficult problem is the triangle. A triangle has three points, so picture the problem on top and God and us on each point on the bottom. There's more support with two than if it were just a straight line. Luke one thirty seven says, Nothing is impossible with God. James 5.13 says, Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. We should never let adversity get us down, except down on our knees, with our eyes in the Word. The Bible has the answer for dealing with every trial we face, if we but read it. Second Chronicles chapters 19 and 20 tell us about a trial the people of Judah faced. Let's paint the setting first. Judah had turned from Jehovah God, and they were worshiping idols. It was so bad, they were even sacrificing their sons to the Baals. God had previously told them that if they worshipped and obeyed Him, they'd prosper, but if they didn't, they'd suffer. And boy, did they suffer. God removed His presence and His hand of blessing from them. God allowed adversity to get their attention. They finally realized that they needed God in their lives and were willing to commit themselves to Him again. God loved these rebellious people and provided a way to restore fellowship with Him. He brought a new king on the scene named Jehoshaphat. The Bible says he was devoted to the Lord. Immediately upon taking the throne, he removed all the idol worship from the kingdom. He brought the people together and exhorted them to love and fear Almighty God. We, too, are a rebellious people. We've all sinned against God, followed idols, and have lost our fear of Him. And we suffer the consequences for our disobedience. God often allows adversity to get our attention. When we're willing to commit, we'll find that God is there for us, just like He was for them, because He loves us. In His great love, God provided the way for us to fellowship with Him through His Son, Jesus, the King of all kings. Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus removed the barrier of sin that keeps us from communion with God when He defeated sin and death on Calvary. He rose from the grave and took His throne in heaven to save us from eternal destruction. The people of Judah chose to follow God and started a new life, 
and we must make the same choice. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. When we accept this gift through believing in Jesus, God will pick us up out of the miry clay and lead us into a new life with the King of Kings leading the way. Out of His great love He picked me up Set my feet on a sturdy inject a word of personal testimony here. I asked Jesus to give me the gift of salvation when I was seven, but I didn't fully commit my life to Him until my late 20s. My idols were possessions and success. I found Matthew 6.24 to be very true. It says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And money or mammon in the original means that which is trusted. God convinced me through adversity and dissatisfaction with things and success that I needed to give Him control of my life. This was the beginning of a new life for me, and there is no turning back. Well, the story continues. Things were quiet in the kingdom while the people of Judah were learning about God. But then the Moabites, the Amorites, and the Mennonites came to make war on them. (laughs) Sounds like a bunch of termites to me. I was curious to see how this godly king Jehoshaphat was going to handle this. The Bible says he gathered all the people together to have a committee meeting. Uh, How about a gripe session? (laughs) No. To seek help from the Lord. And he, the king, prayed in their hearing. 
In his beautiful prayer, he reminded God of who he is and what he had done for them. Now, do you think God needs to hear all this? That it's some kind of ego trip for him? No. Praying is for our benefit. Praising and worshiping God is required of us so we can be reminded of who we have on our side and what we have because of Christ. I looked at this and said, you know what? We need to follow Jehoshaphat's example. We should go to God first when trouble strikes. It could save a lot of frustration. Oh, he may send us to talk with someone else later, but let him direct us. When you think about it, God really is the only one who wants to hear our problems, and he's the only one with the answer. We, as leaders of anyone, need to pray with those we lead in their hearing. We all have someone we influence, our kids, friends, co-workers, students. When we pray with these people, we show them that we have needs too and that God has the answers. We also teach them to direct their problems to God and not always us. We need to recount our blessings like Jehoshaphat did. The song says, Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. It surprises us because we don't do it enough. When we look to see how God has worked, we'll realize that He has always been there for us. This is one of the greatest faith builders we have. The Bible is full of examples of people at the end of their rope who reached out in faith to God for help and found Him to be there. I want to conclude now with this hope-filled song that talks about one such person.
joining the program. This program is brought to you by Sandbeck Ministries, a husband and wife team dedicated to spreading the truth of God's Word. In addition to this broadcast, they also conduct gospel concerts. If you would like to engage them for your church, conference, or retreat, write to Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Faustin, Maryland, 21047, or email them through their website at www. Dot sandbeckministries.com That's Sandbeck S-A-N-D-B-E-K Ministries.com Would you like to sow seed into this ministry? Then why not consider putting them on your prayer list and sending a donation? This would be a real encouragement to Barb and Dale and according to Philippians 4.17 it would allow you to share in the fruit of this outreach. Join us on our next program for the continuation of this great story. Until then... Let your grace notes be a song of praise.